You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. for your sin, for my sin, for the sins of the world. And by believing in that, we have fellowship with God. We're reunited with our Father. He says, ask anything of me. Ask, and you'll receive. Ask in my name. And when we fall, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We can come back. Saul was too far gone. I know some of you think sometimes you might be too far gone. Some of you think you're so far away you can't come back to Christ, but don't believe the lie. Do you feel you are too far away for God to ever love and forgive you again? Today, Pastor Dave will remind you that Jesus gave his life for you. That sacrifice covers all sins, including straying away from God. Just turn your heart back to him. Pray in earnestness, humility, and repentance, and you're forgiven. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 28. As he continues his message, Saul looks for help in all the wrong places. shopping for a medium. Doesn't have the yellow pages, so he has to ask one of his buddies. So I think it's pretty interesting that one of these guys knew where there was a medium. I think that was pretty interesting because he had banned all mediums. He had banned all spiritists. He, he got them out of there. Today you might call them a palm reader or a psychic. To Saul's credit, he did get rid of them all. He got rid of them all because it said that way back up in the, in the third verse. And Saul put the mediums and the spiritualists out of the land. He got rid of them. And this was good because in Leviticus 19.31, in Leviticus 20 verse 6, and Leviticus 27, and in Deuteronomy 18, it talks about this. Getting rid of them. Putting them out. Don't going near them. Saul did this in his early days when Samuel was his influence. He did this when Samuel was around. We have to be careful with such things as tarot cards. Palm readers. Horrible scopes. I mean horoscopes. Or Ouija boards. These are modern attempts to practice forms of spiritism. They're dangerous links to the demonic. And even if you undertake them, even in jest, even in fun, Christians should have nothing to do with the occult and these practices. We shouldn't have nothing to do with them. If you're playing around with these things, you're playing with fire. You're playing with something that's really, really dangerous. You don't know what spirit you're of. The Hebrew word for medium is alb, O-W-B, alb. And it has the idea of mumbling or speaking with a strange hollow sound as if someone was channeling. You hear, you've heard of the word channeling? Channeling the dead, trying to get the dead to speak? And the English word medium has the mind of concept of channel. They stand in between the living and in, the, in between the dead. They communicate with both worlds. So Saul disguises himself as to not be recognized. Verse 8, 
So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, Please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. He disguises himself. He don't want to be seen. God's watching. Who's he hiding from? God knows it. God sees it. You know, Saul's really out of touch with the Lord right now. He's at the point of being cursed because according to Leviticus 20, verse 6, anyone who seeks a medium is bringing a curse upon themselves. So Saul's at the point of being cursed. No wonder God won't answer his prayer. No wonder God won't listen to him. Sometimes we get so far out there that we just don't think of the Lord before we do something. Well, you know, I'm this far out. I might as well just go ahead all the way. I read this. I, can't, I don't know who said it, but I'm, I'm going to repeat it. These things are not bad because God forbids them. God forbids them because they're bad. God knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for his children. He knows what's best for us. Let's look at 9 and 10. The woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Are you kidding me? The woman thinks she's being set up for a sting operation. How low Saul are you going to go? He even swears by the Lord. He even swears by the Lord that nothing's going to happen to her. See, once Saul rejected the truth, he is likely to fall for even the most foolish deception. Stand for Jesus or fall for anything, remember? Stand for Jesus or fall for anything. She says, whom shall I bring up? Look at 11 through 19. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is his form? And she, she said, The old man is coming up, and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me, bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may reveal me what I should do. And Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to this very day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. I don't think this is what Saul wanted to hear. I think Saul was going to give thought that Samuel was going to come and welcome, oh, my goomba, yeah, welcome, hey, my buddy, yeah. I thought he was going to have a good time, you know. But he got such a surprise. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for. Who shall I bring up? Yeah, bring up my old buddy Samuel. Bring up my man, yeah. Did Saul forget that Samuel was his adversary? I mean, the last time they met, Samuel prophesied against the kingship. 
Samuel was mad at him and walked away, never wanting to see him again. Don't you remember that? But up comes Samuel. And this scares the medium. Why did she get so afraid? Well, many things because she probably was a fraud. And she never dreamed that Samuel would come out. Did, did she really expect to see Samuel or was she just trying to, you know? This is such a strange, controversial incident. And there are several different approaches that you can look at to understand the passage. And here are four of the most commonly suggested possibilities. Some believe that it was a hallucination of the medium. But this really doesn't make sense because it doesn't explain why she was so frightened. It doesn't explain why Saul also saw Samuel and why Samuel spoke to Saul and not to the medium. Some believe that it was deception by the medium. But this also is an adequate explanation for the same reasons given as the other one. Some believe that this was a demonic impersonation of Samuel. It is possible that the medium, with her occultic powers, summoned up a demon spirit and deceived both her and Saul. But this doesn't work out very good because it doesn't speak of the initial motive. What advantage does Satan gain by Samuel's words to Saul? He doesn't really gain any advantage. Some believe that it was a genuine but very strange appearance of Samuel. This is the best explanation because it's supported by the reaction of the medium who got more than she bargained for. It's supported by the truth of what Samuel said and the text that Samuel said it. Some say that it's impossible for Samuel to reappear in some way coming from the world beyond world back. It's impossible. When Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, two people came, Moses and Elijah. I don't know. God did allow this strange appearance of Samuel because it accomplished several things. It reconfirmed the judgment that was coming upon Saul in a very dramatic way. And it taught the medium a pretty good lesson, too. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know. Do you know, as I studied this, and I went through the different commentaries, all my favorite commentary people skipped this entire chapter. Every one of them skipped this entire chapter. My most favorite commentary went from chapter 27 right to chapter 29. Skipped this completely. No commentary whatsoever. You decide. I think when we close our ears to God, he's going to find ways which might be very uncomfortable to speak to you. I think that Samuel did appear to Saul. That's what the scripture tells us. I think he did this to rebuke Paul for his unholy things that he's doing. Samuel says, why have you disturbed me? <laughs> Samuel's words could be coming out of the mouth of anybody. I can't, be, I, I can't believe Lazarus didn't say that. When the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. I can't believe Lazarus didn't come out and said, what you call me back for? What did you disturb me? Samuel says, what did you disturb me for? It's an indication of the reality of the world beyond. And though he passed from this world, Samuel was in a real place. He was living in a real existence. So now the question begs, where did Samuel come from? Where did Samuel come from? I can tell you where he did not come from. He did not come from heaven. Jesus tells the parable of Lazarus and the rich man about all the Old Testament saints who died in faith went to a place called Abraham's bosom. It was a place where they were. And the rich man didn't go there, but he saw Lazarus from afar. There's a big gulf in between them, remember? He said, oh, just come over. I can't. Well, let me come up. No, go back and tell them. No. 
What was the comment? Even if somebody was raised from the dead, they still wouldn't believe. That's where he came. Because this is before the finished work of the cross. Way before. They went to a place of comfort as Abraham's bosom. When Jesus finished the work on the cross, sin's penalty was paid for for these believing dead, and they were ushered into heaven. I'm deeply depressed, Saul tells Samuel. I got a problem. I can't hold a pen. Saul says, Paul, Saul didn't know what a pen was. Saul says, the Philistines are coming after me. But God has departed from me. He won't listen to me. Samuel, what am I going to do? No, Sam, help me out here. God's departed from me. And God never departs from a man until when? When does God depart from a man? When a man departs from him. And even then, it's pretty difficult. Even then, it's pretty difficult. What should I do? Saul was looking for guidance. Saul needed some guidance for this upcoming battle. He was afraid. He had a right to be. He had a right to be afraid. A right to be afraid. Why do you ask me? The Lord departed from you long ago. He's now your enemy. Samuel's on the Lord's side. See, this is why I think it was really Samuel. The devil had nothing to gain by coming up and telling Saul these things. Yeah, he did prophesize. He sure did. He prophesizes here at the end. Perhaps Saul kept on hoping and hoping things would get better, but he didn't it did. As he voiced, spoke to me, the voice of the Lord, Samuel confirmed what God had already said to Saul. This is the message. We have to look at these things. We need to test every spirit, according to 1 John 4. We need to test every spirit to see if they're from the Lord. There is a spiritual world out there, folks. There is a spiritual world. Many, many different things go on that we will never see. There is a spiritual world. We have to test any type of an encounter we have, not only with spirits, but with angelic revelations. It's the faithfulness of the biblical message. It doesn't matter what kind of impressive encounter one has with a spiritual being. Even if it's an angel from heaven like Samuel, if it preaches any other gospel to you, let him be accursed. There's only one gospel, Jesus Christ. Samuel said, Saul, because you didn't kill Amalek, because you didn't do what God had asked you to do, the kingdom has been torn from your hand. He makes the point. He goes back to Samuel 15 and tells him the same thing he told him before, exact same thing. When the medium saw Samuel, he was, she said he was covered with a mantle. The mantle means robe, and it was Samuel's robe. I wonder if it was the exact same robe that had chunk missing from it when Saul got onto it and ripped it when Samuel was walking away from him, and that's why he recognized it as Samuel. I don't know. It doesn't say. Samuel prophesizes. Tomorrow's going to be a big battle. You and your sons aren't going to make it. You and your sons are going to be with me. Wait a minute. Saul asked, what shall I do now? Samuel never told him to do anything. Why? Why didn't Samuel tell him to repent? Why didn't Samuel tell him to get right with God? Why didn't Samuel say these things? Many thinks it was too late. Many believe it was too late. What was going to happen was going to happen. All Samuel told him was what was going to happen. God's judgment was already in motion. The Philistines were amassing. They were coming against the group. They were coming against the group. Let's finish it up. 
Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice, and I have put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant. Let me set a piece of bread before you and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house and she hastened to kill it and she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants and they ate and they arose and went their way that night. We don't see Saul again until that fateful day. This is the last time we see Saul in the scriptures until that last time. The Lord's going to deliver him into the hand of the Philistines. The Lord's going to deliver all of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. David is going to be kicked out from being with the Philistines. They're going to reject him as being their captains. They have dinner together. Saul is keeping the worst company he could possibly keep. Supping together in those days was becoming one with somebody. When you supped together, that was becoming one. That's why they were so angry at Jesus when he sat with the, with, with the sinners, when he sat with the people, other people, the tax collectors. They were so angry with him because when you supped with each other, you became one with that person. Saul has gone as far as he can go. He's, he's, he's past the point of no return. Samuel didn't even give him anything to do. Samuel didn't even say, you can do this and get back. Thanks be to the cross of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to the cross because we can never go too far away. We can always come back. You can never go too far away from God. You can always come back. You can always come back to God. Oh, we have it a thousand times better than what they had it in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ has come. He has died on a cross for your sin, for my sin, for the sins of the world. And by believing in that, we have fellowship with God. We're reunited with our Father. And he says, ask anything of me. Ask, and you'll receive. Ask in my name. And when we fall, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We can come back. Saul was too far gone. I know some of you think sometimes you might be too far gone. Some of you think you're so far away you can't come back to Christ. But don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. That's straight from the pit of hell. You can come back. You can always return to the cross. You can always come back, place all your cares at the foot of the cross, repent of your sins, and come back into a right relationship with God. Don't believe the lie that you're too far away. Saul, past the point of no return. Sad. But this is what happens. I see people who start out well in ministry. I see people who start out well as Christians. And all of a sudden they get tangled up with other things. They get tangled up with the world. And the next thing they're led away. They started out so well. I don't think it's the way you start, it's the way you finish. I think finishing is the key. I think finishing is the key. Run the race to win. Finish well, finish strong. Don't be like Lot. Don't be like Noah. Finish strong. 
Finish as strong as you can. When Christ returns, will I find faith? Be steadfast and immovable in your faith. Always believing. Never wavering. You have been given a beautiful and wondrous gift. God has placed himself in you through the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful gift that is. But so many of us don't want it. Yeah, I don't want the Holy Spirit. Now I'm cool by myself. You're rejecting God. And you wonder why your life is miserable. I'm a Christian. My life shouldn't be this miserable. No, it shouldn't. Come back to God. Allow the Holy Spirit full realm of your life. Submit. Submit to God. I surrender. I surrender. Finish strong. This is the last days. We are in the last days. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to ramp up. Remember when we studied um, Revelation? We talked about how these things are going to start. It's like a snowball going down a great big mountain. That as it goes, two things are going to happen. It's going to get faster because it's coming down. And it's going to get bigger. That's what's happening. Can't you see it? Bigger storms, bigger fires, bigger floods, bigger disasters, bigger mass shootings, and all this kind of craziness. It's going to continue. If you're not rooted and grounded in the Word, if you're not rooted and grounded in Christ, if your foundation is on sand, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. God's plan is that none would perish. None. God's plan is that all would come to repentance, that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's God's perfect will for all of us, the entire world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Don't take it for granted. I've heard too many times, oh, I tried Christianity, it doesn't work. Excuse me? Excuse me? It didn't work? (laughs) Brothers and sisters, time as we know it is winding down. The dispensation of grace is fast coming to a close. We need to be steadfast and immovable. We need to be looking to the Lord. The Lord himself said, when you see these things happening, look up, for your redemption is nigh. Look up. Be prepared. Saul was not prepared. He was too busy messing around with the world, too busy worrying about himself, Too busy trying to hold on to something that God had already taken from him. Too busy, too jealous about someone else who was taking his place. Saul was was working and dealing solely in the flesh. There was no spirituality about him at all. Everything he did was fleshly. We have the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Read Galatians 5. Look at the list of things of walking in the flesh compared to walking in the Spirit and the fruits. Read it and study it and want it and know it. That's what this is all about. We've got to take these things that we learn in the Old Testament and we've got to apply it now. And we can. Brothers and sisters, I can't urge you enough in these last days to seek the Lord with your whole heart. Seek the Lord while He can be found. That's a scripture. Seek the Lord while He can be found. And that's a scary scripture to be. Seek the Lord. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises. 
and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on Him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out, and let Him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.